So, when I was in youth group, we used to go on this missions trip to a place called Tri-State, and it was literally the worst place. Like, the cabins were absolutely horrible. They were disgusting. Like, there would often just be, like, dirt and rodents all around. It was just terrible. And one year we went, and as soon as we got there, I really had to go to the bathroom really bad. I know, too much information, but it's really important to the story. And so I go into the bathroom, and Doug comes with me, and there's a bunch of stalls, and uh, I hear something. I'm like, that's really weird. Maybe I'm just hearing things. But then I hear it again, and I go, Doug, do you hear that, bro? And he's like, yeah, what is that? And as we said this, this giant bat, like no lie, comes flying down from the ceiling. It might have been Dracula himself, right? This thing was so big, and it almost like hit me and Doug in the head, and it just started flying around the room. I have never heard grown men scream so loud in my entire life than me and Doug in that moment, right? And so we're kind of just going nuts, and the other guys in the room are going nuts, and I just thought to myself, heroes got to do what heroes got to do. And so I found a football, right? And on my first throw, you can ask Doug later if you don't believe me, my first throw, I knocked that demon out of the air right onto the ground, right? It was a very proud moment in my life, right? And then it was on the floor, and no one wanted to touch it then, right? So, so what do we do with this thing? So one of the leaders got like a stick. We poked it. This thing started spazzing. Guys, that was the closest I've ever been to having a heart attack in my entire life, right? This thing was just going nuts. I was like going to start praying over it. Like, I didn't know what to do. So finally, someone got a bag, right? We threw it in the bag somehow, and then we just threw it outside, and the thing just flew off, right? But that was like a normal thing with Tri-State, right? One of my friends, he was like really dirty. Like, that was just his thing. We were like in middle school, so that's what middle school kids are. I'm sorry. But they're just dirty. And he had this giant afro. And we would joke that like animals would hang out in his hair in Tri-State. Like, that's just how nasty it, this place was. And what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is some of the dark places that you've been living in. Tonight, the series in the, or this message is called Living in Tombs. And some of you guys have been living in a tomb lately. And it's dark. It's messy and it's scary, and you feel stuck tonight. That's normally the common thing about a tomb, is that you kind of feel trapped by it tonight. And I get that. I spent some time living in tombs in my life, and it can be a really terrible time in life. For some of you guys, your tomb tonight is pornography, something that you have just been addicted to for so long, and you just feel trapped by this thing. It has brought you to such a dark place in your life. For others of you guys, it's something that someone has done to you. And you just feel like you can't escape what happened to you. It feels like you always wear that thing on your heart and it follows you wherever you go. For some of you guys, it's another sin struggle. Something that you did in your life that you can't believe that you did. And you regret that thing every single day. With every breath that you take, you wish that you didn't do that. And so for you, it feels like you're living in a tomb. For some of you guys, it's just this situation that you can't get away from at home. Maybe your home is just so broken. It's just in pieces. And you just feel like you're stuck in this situation forever. The things will never get better. That's the thing about a tomb. It seems like it will be like this forever. For some of you guys, it's anxiety or depression. Something that you've just had your whole life something that you just feel like you'll never be able to break free from. And that's so difficult to go through, guys. Um, I am kind of claustrophobic. Is anyone else 
not like tight spaces, right? I think probably one of the worst ways to die would be to be buried alive, right? Like, wouldn't that just be the absolute worst? But sometimes that's exactly what living in a tomb feels like. It feels like we're just surrounded and we'll never be able to get out of these walls that are just seem like they're closing in on us day by day. And some of you guys have embraced this. You've just gotten so used to living in your tomb that you would rather stay in your comfort zone than deal with the pain. Isn't that so crazy about us sometimes? That we would rather stay comfortable in our pain than deal with it because we're so scared of what life might be like outside of the tomb just because we've been used to it for so long. Even though we're hurting so deep inside, we don't want to try and get out of what we're used to. For some of you guys, it's like waking up in the morning and your alarm clock goes off, right? And the last thing you want to do is get up out of bed. That bed is just so comfy, right? Isn't that the worst thing when that alarm goes off and you hit it a bunch of times and it's just like a cold morning and you got the best comforter over you? You don't want to get up because it's comfortable. Some of you have just become so comfortable with your pain. The last thing you want to do is get up tonight. And I just feel like my job is to tell you to get up tonight. Just get out of that tomb that you've been in for so long. And as soon as you heard me say those words, you thought, there's no way, Joey. I've listened to someone like you before say these things. And I just don't think my life could ever change. I have tried before. I put my trust in someone like you speaking on a stage like this. And it just seems like I will never be able to get out of this tomb. I'm just so tired of living this way that I don't even want to try. I've just accepted it because it's just too painful to even deal with. Sometimes it hurts to deal with our issues. We bring up past hurts. We're afraid of showing people what we've done or who we've been. But you guys need to get up out of that place today. And it doesn't matter if you tried before because this is your chance. This is your moment. I really believe that with all of my heart. As we were just in the worship service before, I just felt like God put on my heart that he wanted to do something really special tonight. And I think some of you are gonna be really impacted by the verses that we're gonna read tonight. And I'm really excited to preach them. And I'll tell you guys why in just a second, but let's get there. We're gonna be in Mark chapter five. And this is what it says. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons of his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So, I have never preached off these verses before for two reasons. The first one is because I was scared to freak you guys out because this is kind of intense what we're going to walk through tonight. It's pretty heavy. And I thought maybe if I talked about it at youth group, it might just be too much. The second reason why I've never talked about this is because I just feel like no one could really relate to the man in this story. You would look at your life and go, man, that guy is really messed up. My life is not that bad, Joey. Like, I am doing way better than him. But I recently heard someone talk about this, and I just felt God say in my heart, it's time to go here. It's time to unfold these verses. The kids 
need to hear this tonight. And we're going to unfold some similarities between us and this man tonight. And I hope that it hits some of you guys tonight. But here's the first thing that you need to know, is that you are not possessed, but oppressed. You're not possessed, but oppressed. Now, let me describe what that means and why I'm making this such a big point right now. It's because I don't want to get calls midweek from your parents saying, Joey told me I have demons. Like, that is not what I'm trying to do tonight. That is not the point of the message. That is no one in this room tonight. But the truth is, a lot of you are oppressed by some things that are going on in your life. By the enemy, by some sin that is in your life, by something that someone else has done to you, you're oppressed by some of these things. And it has been weighing really heavy on you for way too long. And it is something that you need to deal with. So this man was possessed, but you guys are oppressed. And we need to deal with this tonight. So let's talk about some of these similarities that we see here in all of this. The first one is that this man lived in a tomb and no one could bind him. They tried everything they could do to chain him up, but it just seemed like he always broke out of the chains. Let me ask you guys this. Is there any area in your life where you are out of control tonight? Have you tried to control some of your actions before and it just seems like you can never do it? It just seems like you're reckless sometimes in the way that you sin. Maybe it is the same sin that keeps coming back to you over and over again. Maybe other people have tried to help you. They've come alongside you. They came alongside this man. They tried to help him. But every single time, he broke free. It seemed like he was uncontrollable. Some of you guys are just like that tonight. You are completely out of control. And maybe no one else knows about it. Maybe you've done a really good job of hiding it to everyone else. But you know it. And God knows it. And it's time to deal with that part of your life that is completely out of control. What does it say next about this man? Is that night and day, he would cry out. He would cry out. Some of you guys that have just been so emotionally beaten up that maybe you're not physically crying out loud tonight, but inside you are. You dread nighttime because you know that's when all the thoughts are going to come to you. When you're going to start playing all the ways that you failed or um, just messed up in your head over and over. And so day and night, some of you guys know what it's like to cry out to you, to be so completely broken inside. And then the last one is this, is that he would cut himself with stones because the pain was so great. Some of you guys know what that's like, to be in so much pain on the inside that you've cut yourself before, just to find any sort of relief from what's going on in your life. So suddenly, this man, who we thought was nothing like us, starts to seem a lot like us. I don't know about you, but I can start to relate to him a little bit. I always thought I was Jesus in this story, right? I, I thought I had it all together, and the whole point of this was for me to help people who are in chains, that were tied up. Maybe Jesus is supposed to be Jesus in this story. Sometimes we try to be savior for people. Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe Jesus was trying to tell us that we could be like this man sometimes. Maybe there's a deeper meaning going on here because I know that some of us are out of control tonight. 
I know for sure that some of us are crying out night and day. And I know that some of us have been cutting ourselves. And some of you guys feel like tonight, man, that is a perfect picture of me. It's like Joey is reading my diary right now. Like, this is what I have been going through. Jesus knows. And he's calling out to you tonight that things are going to be different. And this story is so powerful. And there's hope for you tonight. I want you to see that and get that. So let's go to verse 6 now. This is what it says. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. The demons knew they had to leave. As soon as Jesus shows up on the scene, they knew things were going to be different. And this is the picture of the power of God at work in our lives. They are terrified of Jesus. They fall at his feet tonight. They come running to him because they don't want to give up what they've had for so long. Some of you have had such a hard time breaking out of your tomb because the devil has had you in that place for so long. And he doesn't want to let you out tonight. That's why it's been such a struggle in your life. That is why it has been such a fight because he's had that ground and he doesn't want to let go of it because he's terrified of your potential of what you could do with your life. Because sometimes the picture of someone's potential is how great their tomb is. By how difficult your situation is, sometimes I can tell your potential because the enemy is terrified of you tonight. The worse the story, the greater their testimony, the more that God probably wants to use this person. The enemy doesn't attack what's not valuable. If you weren't valuable, he wouldn't be spending all this time trying to keep you in a tomb. He wouldn't be coming against you so hard. He attacks what's valuable to God. And some of you have been going, God, why am I going through this? It's so difficult and so hard. It's because God's going, you're so valuable to me. I have such a great plan for you. And the enemy hates what I'm going to do. But we see tonight that the enemy has no power. They beg Jesus to let him stay. You know, the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside us now. That's a promise for all of his believers. And so you maybe feel like, yeah, they fall at Jesus' feet, but maybe they're not so scared of me. Well, the same spirit that lives in Jesus lives in you now. And you can tell that tomb to break wide open tonight. And the enemy is so scared of you guys and your potential and all that you could do in the name of Jesus. So, this is so cool, guys. I want, I want you to get this. Grace was just about to do what chains couldn't do. Grace was about to do what chains couldn't do. This is what it says in verse 11. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending to the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. 
When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. Because I never really understood this part of the story. I was like, what is the deal with the pigs? Why did they want to go in the pigs? And as I studied this more, this is what I found out. These people were known for raising pigs. They, these pigs were worth a lot of money to them. And here's what's also so important about the story that I missed so many times. Jewish people don't eat pigs because they're considered not kosher. And so these people weren't Jewish. These weren't Jesus' people. See, the Jews thought that Jesus came just to save him, right? That, that was, they, they thought that the Jesus-like person was coming to save them, but they rejected him because he didn't come in the form that they were expecting. They thought him, he was going to come as a warrior, he was going to take everything over. So they rejected him. The Gentiles were the people that weren't the Jews, didn't expect anything. And so these were these people. And they were raising these pigs, and they were so valuable to these people. Here's the first thing I realized, is that these pigs were more valuable to the people than the man that had been in their life all of this time. Man, isn't that heartbreaking that there's this person among them all the time who some people even tried to help by chaining up, but really they probably did that for their own comfort. Oh man, that, that hits me hard when I say it like that. I wonder how many times I try and help people just so they'll leave me alone. That hits me hard. I think that's what we do a lot of the times. So we'll, we'll talk to people for a little bit in our lives just so we do the right thing for Jesus, right? Not really that we care about them, just more that we want them to get out of our way. That's definitely like us sometimes. But this is the reason why the demons begged Jesus to go in the pigs. See, the enemy thought he was outsmarting Jesus in this moment. They thought that they had him beat in this moment because the enemy knew this, right? If we go into the pigs and we drown the pigs, the people are gonna get mad at Jesus, they are going to kick him out of this air because this is what was most important to the people. The pigs were so important to them. This is their livelihood. And so they thought, all right, we'll get Jesus out of this air so he can't spread the gospel by killing all of these pigs. And Jesus allows it, right? And you almost think to yourself, why would Jesus allow this? He knows everything. He's way smarter than the enemy. Why in the world would he allow all of this to happen. Because we even see it right here. They plead with Jesus to leave. In just a moment, we're going to answer that question. But here's what we need to talk about. Sometimes when you're trying to break out of the tomb, the enemy will attack what's most important to your life. And oftentimes when he does that, our first reaction is to push Jesus away. As soon as breakthrough is right on the horizon, you know what we do? Push Jesus away. Because maybe something that we really value starts to go under attack. Say, all right, Jesus, I know you're gonna break me out of this tomb, but man, this is so important to me. I can't lose this. What's more important to you tonight? Jesus or something else that you really valuable? Jesus or that thing that you care about so much? I don't know about you, but Jesus is definitely the most important thing to me tonight. And it has to be with you because with Jesus comes the ability to break out of the tombs can't do it on your own. That thing that you value so much can't break you out of that tomb. Only Jesus has the power to 
to do that. And so because the enemy attacks what's most important, they push him out. They get angry at him. So let's look at this next verse, what it says in verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the disciples how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And so this is kind of funny, right? It's like if after the the service I prayed with one of you guys tonight, and you just felt a huge change in your life. And you're like, all right, Joy, I want to go home with you now. Like, I don't want to get away from you. Like, this change is so powerful. I just want to stay near it. So this man asked Jesus, all right, I just want to come with you. Jesus goes, no, no. What I want you to do is stay in this land. That's yours. You, this is your country. Like, this is your place. Stay here and tell all the people what has happened to you and how much your life has been changed. See, the enemy thought he was setting up Jesus. But really, Jesus was setting up the enemy for something so powerful. Jesus, in this moment, was creating the first missionary to the Gentiles ever. That's what this man is. He's the first missionary to the Gentiles ever. Jesus knew that by transforming this man's life, that he would touch so many other lives. What a huge testimony this man would have because so many people knew about him. They knew how messed up he was. They knew how broken he was inside. They thought there was no hope for that guy. And now all of a sudden he's normal. He can talk. He's telling about this guy named Jesus. But what does it say? That all the people that heard what he was saying were amazed. Their lives were completely changed by the testimony. So Jesus knew what he was doing by letting the demons kill the pigs. Because now there was a testimony that was going to the Gentiles from one of their own for the first time ever about this powerful God named Jesus who can change everything. And for them, this was life-changing. And they were all amazed, all that heard that. You know what that tells me, guys? Is that God will use you to help others get out of their tombs. When you finally decide Jesus, it's time. I want to break free. I'm done running. I'm done pushing you away. Now is time. After you go through that, Jesus will use you to help other people get out of tombs. Guys, there are way too many kids in your school that are in tombs that are hurting so deep on the inside. Whether you go to Christian school or not, we all have our tombs sometimes. And God wants to help use you to help other people get out of those tombs. And it all starts with you getting out of yours tonight. You've suffered for way too long. You've been in the same patterns for way too long. It's time to break out of that dark place. This is your moment tonight, guys. Jesus is calling out to you. Break out of that tomb. You know what's funny to me about all this? Is that the devil tried to use the tomb again. He didn't learn his lesson the first time. See, he thought that he had Jesus in the tomb. Once again, he had thought that he outsmarted God. And he put Jesus in that tomb, and he thought he had won. All of darkness was celebrating that day when Jesus was in the tomb. They thought they had tricked God. 
but really God was just setting them up for the greatest miracle ever. Jesus broke through that tomb so you could break through your tomb. That's the power of God at work. Maybe tonight you say, Joey, I can't do it. It's just going to take too much of a miracle. That's okay. Jesus is in the miracle business. This is what it comes down to. Can you believe it tonight? If he can get out of his tomb, you can get out of your tomb. He has given us the power to do that now. If you'll just believe. If you'll just want it tonight. Some of you guys have suffered for way too long. I've seen it. I've talked with some of you guys before. But this is the power of God to break out of those dark places. No matter what anyone has done to you. No matter how many times the devil tells you that you can't. No matter what he's saying to you right now in this moment. Jesus can break you out of that tomb. Your life doesn't always have to be like this. And so that's tonight's bottom line. I already gave it to you guys. Is that Jesus got out of his tomb so you could get out of yours. Jesus used that tomb to save us all. He knew he was going to have to go in it. And I think he knew that at some point we'd all be in tombs. That maybe we've set up for ourselves or other people have done to us. But he could break us out of it. He has the power. Your life can be different. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I thank you so much for your great love. I thank you, God, that you set up the devil when he thought he was setting you up, Lord. God, if you could set this man free, who was out of control, who cried out night and day, who cut himself, God, then you can save us. I pray for anyone tonight, God, that just feels like there's no hope for them, that things are just way too difficult and too dark, Lord, that you would meet them tonight, God, that you would go beyond my words, God, that your power would show up tonight and move in this place like only you can. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We know, God, that you are the chain breaker, Lord, that there's nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No matter how deep we are tonight, God, no matter how stuck we feel, Jesus, you can pull us out. We're so grateful for that, Lord. So lost without you. You are our only hope, God. I pray that you would bring someone to the end of themselves tonight who has tried it every single other way. I pray tonight, God, that they would finally surrender to you. That they wouldn't push you away. But they would open up their hearts to be different forever. I pray, God, that people's testimony would change so many lives, God. I pray that there would just be a fire that's caught tonight. That people would be so passionate about sharing what you've done for them, Lord, and that they would pull so many other people out of tombs, Lord. We just thank you so much for your great power, Jesus. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.